We are excited to be here with you today. We have a special edition of the podcast going to be explore what took place at the Conscious Life Expo last weekend in Los Angeles, California. And for those of you who may be unfamiliar with the Conscious Life Expo, or think of it this way, it's one of the largest cutting edge spiritual conference in North America. And there are so many people, thousands of people come every year. But imagine, just visualize this really huge hotel by the Los Angeles airport with of activity, workshop, lectures, panels, countless contenders spread out throughout the entire venues. And people rush against them to speak, to reconnect with friends or connect with our speakers or to listen or to bring in uh, downloads and so forth. So it's going to be a wonderful journey just to talk about what's happening when people come together. I know that many more of you are eager to come back to face-to-face, connect with each other, create more. Oh, we lost her. Here she comes. I'm sorry. We lost her for a few minutes. Uh, okay. I so I know sitting is that are eager to reconnect face to face, person with you know, beautiful uh, galleries, conference like the conference Facebook. And what does it mean not to reconnect and to be with each other like this? So I want to welcome all of you who's going to tune in today and go on a journey about what happened. And it's gathered. I saw what in what sharing it should happen. Plus, a lot more. I want to welcome right now uh, Star Orchid from Montreal. Lucy, thank you for being here. Michelle, good to see you. Antonia, hello everyone. Thank you for being us. I'm very happy to have you. And everyone us today. Jeff, Vivian, you were breaking up there towards the end there. I didn't quite hear Thank you. Are you here? Still, are you, I, I am something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm something. Are you here? Okay, perfect. I'm sure it's going to perfectly um, change that. What about now? Can you hear me? I can hear you fine now, yes. Already. So welcome, everyone. I just want to welcome Karuna, also from Italy, Sicily. Wow, that's wonderful. Brigitte from Vancouver. Maria, thank you for being here. Gigi from Denmark. This is awesome. Simon with Glastonbury. Thank you for being here. Uh, Rodney, always happy to see you. Such a treat. Diane, perfect. Thank you for being here. And we have people from Sweden. That is fantastic. So welcome again from an edition of the Infinite Star Connections. We're going to explore the Conscious Life Expo. And I think, Jeff, you also have some sharing to do with us today about the HUMO and the research that you've been doing, correct? Yeah, I, I can uh, get the people up to speed on what's going on and um, my latest and greatest, what's going on with that. 
Well, let's start here because I am excited to know about this. I know people want to know more about their star families or interdimensional beings, disclosure, you know, feeding the energy. So you've been working very diligently with this group called the HOMO, and you've learned a great deal about them. So I would say let's dive with this. What, what can you share? Um, well, okay. Uh, well, of course, it's no big secret that, uh, you know, that's one of my main, main studies. And um, I've been doing that since like the early 80s. <clears throat> but um, with all the documents that I've been um, put forth with and um, um, uh, translating from uh, French to English, Spanish to English, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it is, it is, it is quite a lot to, to, um, to do that. And then I've been exposed to some documents that a lot of people really haven't seen um, because they've been under wraps a lot over there in um, Spain. So, um, as as it, as it turns out, <clears throat> I just happened to um, you know come across Wendell Stevens' Volume Third of the uh, uh, Contact of Planet Umo, and it was never finished. It was a bunch of his notes that he wrote. Um, some some areas were scanned away. Uh, the paragraphs were or partial here and there and incomplete and I learned a lot of different things. And most of the most information was was unreadable. But uh, checking with my um, documents and my my uh, dictionaries and stuff, I was able to recreate um, a lot of those paragraphs and finish off what he was trying to say. Um, but I also am conscious of, too, that there are some things that uh, he wasn't allowed to publish. So I have to kind of dance around those types of uh, issues. And um, got got the permission from um, Rice University to actually continue on with that book. Um, you really can't buy it. It is a PDF form, but you really can't read it. And uh, so with everything that I have, I was able to, like I said, find the missing pieces and uh, some of the sentences. I have really good software here that can recreate um, a lot of the missing words just by just a little bit of the character sets. And um, also I can remove a lot of the black bags and deleted that are there to see what is behind what was marked out. So um, that I'm about a quarter way through. It, 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 it is a lot of work and um, it's very taxing too. But um, uh, as, as it turns out, as we get going, you know, I got all these documents and everything and everything is it, it's just, uh, it's, it is interesting to a really small percentage of the people until you see one. And then the interest will go sky high. So in the meantime, um, uh, I reached out to Rice University, who was like the center of all the UFO, whatever, whatever. And um, uh, I'm, I am going to um, send all my documents there, all my 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 dictionaries that I have developed, everything, and be working with them for the next you know three three to five years till we can complete this whole thing. And I'll have access to a lot of those uh, those Umo documents that Wendell Stevens had that is now there, and. They, they have no idea what, what, what the hell to do with it. They just, well, okay, here's these documents. But it, it means a lot to me because it completes a lot of the things that we've been studying. So 
that's pretty much in a nutshell what I have been doing the past three weeks. So that's incredible because I know that even through what we call the morphogenetic feel of Gaia, or we call it the sentient feel of Gaia, there's so much more, um, so much more information is becoming available to us, and it's becoming very palpable. So the fact that you're working in conjunction with the university and the teaching of the humo, um, so the PDF that you talk about, Jeff, is it available right now? Can we uh, yeah. have access to that? Yeah, and you could probably get it from uh, from 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 Amazon, <clears throat> but uh, you, you can get it and you can look at it. But it's incomplete, and like I said, uh, a, a, a lot of the stuff you can't even can't even read it because it was scanned so bad that um, it is even hard to read. And uh, some of the stuff was covered up and photographed and everything, but um, but I was able to move all that stuff around. So. But you can get it, you know. But this is just like a like an homage to him because this was the first book that I actually picked up was 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 volume one, and um, I, I just want to complete his 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 trilogy. Well, yeah. So, so it's a trilogy. So there's three uh, three books or three PDFs available. Yeah, and and actually, anybody that 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 would that would buy that book, any of the proceeds goes to a uh, a fund that he set up to um, keep planting trees. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there there's no money in it. You know, it, it is just just something to offer the people uh, when the time comes that they become popular. Yes, exactly. And it's not only it serves a great charity cause, but at the same time, you know, it it really expand our horizons and uh, you know there's no secret anymore that we're coexisting in such a conscious expanded universe with so many different intelligence and you know we call them our star communities and and umo as part of this we're so diversified into who we are we're multi-dimensional beings and uh, bridget here said that make a good observation that she noticed that the codes within us are becoming more available, more online, more active. And we're starting to be able to decipher more, to access that information, to start to get in tune with ancient texts, ancient wisdom more and more. And I think that what you're doing is an, it's an example of this. Well, I, well, I hope so. I mean, I, I actually find it quite, quite interesting and kind of puzzled why nobody has even uh, pursued this any further than than Spain and France. I mean, uh, to me, I don't know. You know, I, I am I am a hard sell. You know, and I don't believe everything everybody says. You know, whatever. Everybody's got a voice or something to do that. It's that's totally cool. Whatever. Um, but the evidence for this stuff is so it's so blatant that I just don't understand why it it hasn't been pushed forward. You know, I mean. I, I, I don't know. I've, I've seen some of the hard evidence. I'm like, damn, that's cool, you know. <laughs> and it's really, really amazing. But I, I think what you mentioned, something about a higher discernment. Because right now, there's so much that's coming in. And there are those who come and will infiltrate certain energy. Like right now, we had an infiltration that I just released. And, people, and, and they're there just to create... Disharmony. Uh, you want to get that. You want to get that. Yeah. What's that? 
they actually had that over on Planet Umo. They had people like that too. So, you know, whatever. You know. Okay, I, I was I did not understand because I was talking the same time as you. Can you repeat your statement, please? Yeah, they, they actually have the same type of people over on Umo too. I mean, they got disruptors and stuff over there, so that's pretty common. You know, that that's you know, you're gonna run into that. Well, this is why high discernment is very important. And let me tell you, even when you go to spiritual gathering or UFO conferences or anything like that, utilizing your high discernment, stay always centered in your field, connect with your your vibration, stay in alignment with who you are. Because to sideways into the Conscious Life Expo that I was a speaker, I was a keynote speaker this year on the 2024 edition. So it was a last weekend, meaning February um, 9 to the 12th. And so we were in Los Angeles at the big hotel by the LA airport and the big, big venue there. And it's really fascinating to watch when you start to observe from the point of understanding what is shifting in the community, what vibration comes in, who comes for what, what the purpose and also what kind of energy has been just spread all over. So it was really interesting, not only as a vendor, but also as a speaker, because I gave, I have my keynote workshop, I did a lecture, and I was part of two panels during the weekend. And I was also part of the opening ceremony. So I want to start there, if that's mm -hmm. okay with you, Jeff. Yeah. So... I'm inviting everyone right now to take a journey with us to feel the energy of thousands of people coming together to reconnect with each other, see old friends, being able to go see you know, their favorite vendors, discovering new ones, attending a multitude of lectures or workshops, panels with the synergy of learning. And there was quite a bit of people there. You know, I came across Jimmy Churst, who is the famous host for Fade to Black uh, radio show. Um, Daryl Anka was there, Bashar, which, who I saw and met in person. He was there. Uh, I saw Linda Mulder Howe, and I had a talk with her. Uh, it was wonderful to reconnect with Linda. They also had the crew, um, the crew from Ancient Aliens, <clears throat> who was there to film with Linda and other people. Of course, George Nuri from Coast to Coast was there doing the famous uh, panel on Saturday. And of course, in the evening, there was what's called the award ceremony and the talent show. And George usually hosts one or the other. And, you know, it's just wonderful to receive with each other. And, you know, I part of the panel with the New Earth Ascension panel with Deborah Justi. That one was phenomenal. We were able to do a powerful activation where I had a pleasure of initiating the first level of activation. And I brought to the holographic field with my delegation and we start to implement and open through the heart center and the sacred gateways opening that. And then every uh, speaker on the panel will continue the activation, whether it's doing like language, whether it's to bring cosmic universal symbols. It was really amazing to see that kind of synergy. And the room was full, you know, I mean, you're talking about maybe two, 300 people sitting in the audience with there's 
probably seven of us on the panel plus the host Deborah, and then everyone contributing to an aspect of that activation was really amazing. And yes, Lisa, you're correct. I like that. It was like a composition, like an orchestra where everybody bring a tune. And then when you receive it, it forms, um, you know, a melody. So personally, that was one of my favorite highlights of the expo is that was on Sunday. That was the last panel of the expo. And to be able to participate and to bring that frequencies and allowing everybody to ground and integrate because when you are at these gathering, you know, there's so much going on, so much bombardment of energy, so much different level of belief system, consciousness, variation, emotional response. It's, it's a big melting pot of frequency that you walk through. It's like walking in a room with 50 radio tower broadcasting at different level. So when we did this activation together, it was wonderful to be able to bring everybody into a more peaceful, harmonized field so they can integrate, they can really take on what needs, uh, what serves them the best and then release. It's like deflating a big balloon over the weekend. So I'm jumping into Sunday because that panel alone with the activation was quite really um, spectacular. Um, and after the panel, I was walking back towards my booth and I, we were on the second floor on the mezzanine level. And my, my team says, no, you need to keep going because there's someone you're going to meet. Someone is walking right now into the other section and you need to uh, talk with her. So I'm as I'm walking, this is where I came across Linda Mulderhow. And then she, I said, Linda, and she turned around and she goes, you look familiar. And I said, of course, Linda, we met so many times. You know, she was at, at my presentation in San Diego last year. Um, you know, I did an interview with her many years ago at the uh, Phoenix uh, International Congress back then. Uh, we have a friend in common. So I told her, I said, well, we, we have this friend in common. And she goes, oh, yes. And then her face started to lit up. And then, you know, you can tell people around her was looking at us going, okay, they seems to be okay. And we just walked together. So we talked about contact in the desert. And you know that we're going to be there. Uh, Peter and I will have our boot there again this year because uh, of the launch of this film, this documentary, that the world premiere will be presented at Contact on Saturday, June 1st. And I am part of the cast, I'm part of this documentary, and we will have a Q&A with the cast and crew after the world premiere of the film, the screening. So I was telling Linda about this film so, of course, she gave me her contact and want me to send her all the details because she wants to partake. And it was just this moment in what I call a moment in space and time when you connect with someone like Linda and make a significant, wonderful um, connection and says, send me the information because I want to be there. I, will, I want to be part of this world premiere. I want to see the documentary. And it just brought a lot of joy. You know, it brought me a big smile. And when you follow your guidance, I was told 
you know, you'll come back to your booth later. Right now, there's someone you need to talk to. And so it created that moment together with Linda again. And we had multitude of moments together. Last year, I did the same thing when she was walking and I went in and connected with her. But this year is to have this common project that we can talk about and the anticipation of something that's coming up. Um, and then, of course, talking in the, like, the next conference uh, in Indian Wells, California, contact. That was pretty um, amazing about, um, about this. So there was just one moment that for me was worth it to be there that brings, you know, that kind of joy, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. You know, I, I do have a question for you. Yes. Um, <clears throat> Now you um, you go to these conferences, right? And you guys always, you know, you you, you always talk about um, energies and you know all, all this other stuff, and and the and the and the people love it, great. But how long does that energy thing last? When you do that energy thing and the people are there and stuff and they experience it and everything is good, how long does it last? Does it last like day, week, hours? Well, that's a great question. So it's beyond time and space, Jeff. What we're doing is that we're shifting something much more profound in the what what we call the sentient field of the of the planet. Every time that I see people, and after time, many people will follow us at different conferences. What I have noticed is a distinctive changes in them. It's beyond a moment of joy that maybe lasts a day or two, three days, and you go back to your old ways. That has nothing to do with that. What we're doing is creating significant changes that we anchor consciously in the energetic field of the planet and the grid system. So, for example, that moment with Linda was more than a moment that was fun to connect and she smiled and I smile and then you go about your day. What we create is planting a seed of light. It's, there's a deeper soul recognition that when the next time we come across each other, the same frequency or that same energy will come back says, oh, I remember you. Not because of what we do or who we are, but I remember you. It's that imprint that created that significance moment. So it's a fantastic question, and I'm glad that you asked this because this is why we do those conferences. And I want to go back at the beginning on Friday when we did the opening ceremony because a lot of things happened. And I was just to illustrate the importance of what took place. So this year, the opening ceremony just happened to be at the same time as the Chinese, the Chinese New Year, uh, welcoming uh, the dragon, the wood dragon. It's the uh, the element is wood, and the the animal is dragon. That's the the symbology this year for the Chinese New Year. So we were doing the the opening ceremony uh, with one of the co-owner of Consciousness Expo. And I was brought on stage with another gentleman, a seal, who bring the Elohim. So we have this angelic octurn energy on stage for the opening ceremony. And what we've done is encoding very specific seeds of light, just like 
my friend David is saying right now. And what we've done is already setting the pace or opening a certain vibrational field with the intention to support everyone coming to the conference for those who come to bring our light, their teachings, those who are behind the scene, organizing all the volunteers, all the structures around the significance of this gathering. But more than that, we send out waves and waves of light throughout the entire Los Angeles, right into the ocean, to the oceanic grids. And I did that last year as well. And as a result of it, when we re-enter the city to drive from Arizona to Los Angeles, even though there's still a lot of work needs to be done, mind you, well, I noticed a distinct change. The year before, the level of heaviness was overwhelming to the fact that even Master Buddha came last year and we encoded etherically in the holographic field throughout the entire city Every corner, there was this beautiful golden lotus that Buddha put. And Buddha told me last year that the work that we were doing for the city will continue to implement and make the positive changes that it needs to be changed. So this year, I'll come back a year later in calendar year, in linear time, we're coming back to the conference, still driving the same route, same route to go back to the venue. And even though there's a lot of still needs of work, well, I see a distinct change, meaning that, for example, I'll, I'll make it very palpable. Let's say that on a scale of 1 to 10, the density was at 11 last year. Now it's down to maybe a 7.5. It's just as an image. It's not to take literal. It's just a figure of speech. But the density level was toned down and it was palpable. So we're affecting everything in the field, everything. And in fact, when I did my workshop, it was called Octurian Journey to Sacred Sites. And it was done in a way that the audience, those who were called to come to us, we became all of us very conscious anchor of light, where it was not just about the Conscious Life Expo or LA or California, we were traveling throughout the ley lines of Mother Gaia to bring very specific encoding and recognition. So there was also teaching to understand where are we right now in this timeline that we call 2024 and how the changes that we have been generating are really palpable. And did you know, did you know, Chef, that that Friday when we did the ceremony, there was also an earthquake in LA. I know that I think there was an earthquake elsewhere in the world, but there yeah. was specifically in LA there was an earthquake that took place. You didn't cause that, did you? Oh no, no, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, no. We're, we're here to support the light. We're here to help to evolve. Take things up. Yes, we're like a catalyst, um, you know, into the point. I want to show the comments that my friend David made because it's beautiful. He said, the energy of the seed of light creates more light on each visit. And next time I'll be in Stone Edge, I will receive a very powerful one too. Ah, beautiful. Thank you, David. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Thank you, Antonio. So what we do matters. 
this is why we do this. You have to think about, and it's truly, so it's a big jump. It's a timeline shifting. So Bridget, you're right. A lot of beautiful energy uh, comments in the chat room, and I want to honor all of you. So we, we do, my team sent me to these very specific events or public events with the intention to help to create that shift or that next level. And that put that in motion. So to go back to your original question, Jeff, which is fantastic, it's, well, we're there, we were there to put things in motion, if that makes more sense that way. Does it, does it make sense? Yeah. I have another question, kind of a stupid of course, one, but I got another question. All this energy work you do, okay, can you program a quartz crystal to maintain what you um, put out to keep going? Like, Okay, that's another beautiful question. So can I use a crystal? Do you have a crystal in mind or any type of crystal? A quartz crystal because we know that that oscillates. Right. So a quartz crystal, what you can do, yes, you can harmonize your intention of the program with the quartz, but you have to ask the quartz permission. You have to work with the quartz consciousness and the archive that it contains. So I personally prefer to commune the energy, to commune with the clear quartz and ask at this point of time, can we collaborate together? It's a partnership to says if we bring, let's say certain codes or if we bring certain universal symbols, can be a geometric pattern configuration. It can be like language. It can be a resonance or a frequency. And we're going to ask this particular clear quartz to amplify what has been transmitted through the clear quartz and to remain at the same level of purity or integrity and to continue to resonate or to become more an antenna, if you want to call it an amplifier. But again, the way we approach this, because we do use very advanced level of etheric clear quartz that is non-existent in this reality, we always work with them in partnership. It's never forced upon the clear quartz. It has to be done in the same resonance field, so to speak. Interesting, yeah, because I know of a of a um, quartz type cube uh, that's at Los Alamos that they still can't figure out how the power was put into it. Well, there are, there is a lot of ancient crystals throughout the planet. There's some reminiscence from Atlantis, for example, just one example. Atlantis had uh, chairs that people would sit on and you would get healed and you can get whatever. You can get energy from a quartz chair. Well, and there's a lot of these residuals throughout the planet. And I mean, I mean, if you look at just Georgia, Atlanta, that's an example of places. So again, because we becoming, and I say we in terms of the human template, the human body template is returning to a more higher frequency of luminosity, crystalline, and eventually, eventually through time and and changes the goal is to return to more celestial human template or the original template so just by the changes even in your own crystalline core and the changes in your own body field well you can reattune yourself in the same matching frequencies but again if you use anyone even at home i have my lemuria one right here 
I commune to this being as an equal. So the communication level, I'll ask to see all the archives and contains. I said, let me show, reveal to me, show me an aspect of what I need to know and what next level of encoding we can bring to support the new grid system or the movement of the ley lines on the planet, whether it's also into the geomagnetic field of the earth. I always work with the original wisdom and the encoding of the crystal. I don't know how you work with them, but this is an approach to how we use ours. So how do you use with the, with the crystals? I really don't use a crystal. Um, I have a few, but um, I, I really don't. Uh, I really don't have a use to use them. But I have a couple, and I know that they work because um, uh, I know that you could put a crystal on an, an, an on an electric source, and you can put a crystal by like a like a light or a small light, and it'll it'll absorb that light or absorb that energy and the light will go on. But then it fades away. So it doesn't hold it that long, but uh, there's got to be a way to keep it everlasting, you know, keep the oscillation going all the time, all the time, all the time. It doesn't work. I mean, my small ones wear out and you just have to recharge them. Well, again, as your frequency rise, remember that your crystal become attuned with you. Like, for example, I have four really huge, about this size, tower of amethyst, huge amethyst. And I put on yeah. each corner, four corner of my huge Giza, copper Giza pyramid that Peter made. So what I do is that all I have to do personally is I enter inside of the field of the Giza pyramid where my four big cathedral amethysts are the guardians of each corner i enter the field with my energy i expand i expand through my heart center my own field and i look at each and commune with each and every one of my amethyst cathedral rock and i ask them okay where are we today and all i have to do is to reattune myself connect with them and ask them okay Let's bring the next level. Let's readjust or reharmonize the field. And I can tell that the consciousness of each of these cathedral size type of amethyst stone in four corners respond to me. And the field will stay at that resonance. So if you resonate more with certain crystals, some people like Andaras or Moldavites, I love personally labotorite because it's such a high frequency. I also very big on the quamarine, larimar, and all these very high vibrational stone. Clear quartz, they're amazing because they're great decoders and they have so many archives that we have no understanding of. So this is more the octane part of me utilizing the clear quartz. But all of my crystals, I don't need to recharge them so far is I notice that if I fluctuates or there's fluctuation in the environment they're in, and all I have to do is to really reattune myself with them and connect to their consciousness and then becoming much more into symbiotic reconnection with it. And of course, being an Octarian, we're big on solar frequency. So 
I can go outside by myself, connect with the solar connections, the solar presence. I go beyond to the great central sun. I connect. And when I come back, okay, Crystal, let's bring the solar energies and I receive it. That's because I have established a very clear, conscious connection and relationship with my crystals. Okay, now who is the, um, when you say that you reconnect with the crystals, <clears throat> this is an interesting question because there, there's always something else. Um, who has, uh, who is the, the driver? Is it you that drives the crystal or is it the crystal that drives you? We drive together. No, 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 no. You can't. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, you can't have them both together because when you reconnect, you're either drawing from them or you're giving to them. You know what I'm saying? There has to be one's got to be more than the other. And why is that? And, um, your, pers and your perspective, why is that? Well, case in point, when people go to um, um, Sedona, okay, and they feel great, this and that, and uh, there's energies out there, yeah, yeah I know all that. <clears throat> but uh, because of the mountains, because the mountains also oscillate too, it isn't just a crystal base, it's also rocks too that have oscillations in them, okay? Um, and of course, the bigger the rock, the the more energy it could probably hold and um, give away. So, and then you got this little tiny human that comes around, da, 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 da. and when they, they, people are drawn to the mountains because of that fact, because of the mountain is giving off those, 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 those energies, vibrations, pulling the people in. And that's why people feel good about that stuff. Um, but when, when you program a crystal, okay, little tiny crystal, you know, my energy is programming the crystal because my energy is bigger than the tiny crystal. Okay. But as you get going and you are matched to your crystals that you have, I would assume that the person's vibration would eventually deteriorate. Whereas the hard rock crystals would keep on oscillating together more. You know, so when you would connect with your with your crystals, you would draw that that energy from the crystal to amp yourself up so that you guys are both harmonizing together. See my point? Well, yeah, I do see your point. It's one way to utilize it. You, in reality, Jeff, even the tiniest crystal huh, compared to this one, you go like, whoa, big difference, tiny and big one. They can hold the same power. It's not about their size. It's not about their or hard rock. It's understanding what they represent. Even this little tiny one has so much power in it that I can feel it vibrating into my third eye. And if I really allow myself to take on a journey with this little tiny little beautiful little cray quartz, little tiny, right? In my hand. That's my point. The the quartz is is higher. So you're actually you're actually being drawn to the quartz. It's not as higher. It's what you believe of it. If I give this tiny crystal my authority, that I said this crystal is higher than I am, then I just reestablish a connection to it. It's completely opposite. I am just as powerful, 
but you perceive yourself as much. Same thing with Sedona. You talk about the mountains, right? You talk about people feels good. There's vortexes there, even though it's polarized. It's not just mm -hmm. positive. Right. There's negative and positive coexisting. Sedona is very polarized. Right. So you have to understand what aspect, what source are you plugging yourself in and for what purpose. In reality, the mountains have been there for a long time. Yeah, they can energize you or they can take your energy, but it's really about seeing yourself as an empowered being. We will never agree to the point that a crystal or a hard rock or a mountain is more powerful than you. Absolutely not. No. We carry the same majestic frequency. We're made of the same substance, but you recognize it as such because crystal has been there for a long time or mountain chain has been there for generations. So you perceive yourself that way. It's not how we perceive ourselves or you, a matter of fact. We see the same potential, the same raw, pure energy that you carry, the same atom, the same vibration. But you, you meaning the human race, has been thought to say, well, this is more power than you. So you have to do this. This is the authority more power than you. Remember, this is more ancient than you. But no, this is what we're here. We're here to clear that illusions. You are part of the ecosystem. You can commune with giants, a mountain. When I was to Stone Edge, uh, Stone Edge has been there for a long time. Stone Edge is internationally recognized as a powerful site. When we enter, the first thing that the guardians did me is to greet me as an equal. They never... Uh, felt I never felt diminished or I have to reunite myself to match their power or I felt this boost I felt a boost of energy yes why because I was reconnecting with old friends it was more of a joyful boost of energy but I'm still who I am I'm still in my power so we have different perspective on that one my dear friend and that's, that's fine great about America what's that I said that is what's great about America <laughs> Jeff, I love you so much. You are amazing. And so many people love you too in the chat room. It's just, you know, this is what makes the Infinite Star Connection podcast unique, everyone, is you have a beautiful blend. How much Jeff and I, we bring this beautiful balance of energy and perspective and knowledge and, and, and viewpoints. It is amazing. I love it. Thank you for being you, by the way. Okay. No, really, really. You know, I miss that kind of let's dive into a topic and bring different perspective and angles. So there's something for everyone. Uh, it's it's really to inspire everyone right now. So this is really amazing. I just it's ask fun. the questions that the common person would want to know. Well, I love it. And we're here to answer them. We're here to answer them. So if you would, uh, Jeff, I'd like to share a few pictures that we took yeah. at the Conscious Life Expo. That'd be okay with you? Yeah, yeah. Which All right, let's um, let's begin with Friday with the opening ceremony where there's this beautiful red dragon in the background. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Simon says, you two make an amazing team together. Love you both. We love you too, Simon. Directly from Clastonbury. So thank you for bringing your light as always. Oh, I like that. Zekita says, I love Jeff. He is the voice of the everyday Every person. Day I'm just a common clay person. Nothing, <laughs> nothing different. 
Yeah, and Maya, you're right. We empower ourselves. We can move mountains, everybody. Mountains, like the Lord of the Rings. Mountain, Gandalf. Mountains. Okay, that was my little moment of... All right, so let's show some pictures here, um, if you would, whenever you're ready, my friend. Yep. <laughs> ah, thank you so much for tuning in every time with us from all over the world. Already. So picture number one, everyone, some of you have already seen it. It's the image of the opening ceremony. I love the red dragon they put in the background. And I was also wearing a black and red jacket that day. So that was right when we were, do before we did the activation, uh, Angelic and Octarian together on, on the stage. It was really amazing. So that was the opening ceremony. Okay. And you can just choose anyone you want, and we'll talk about it. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's go. On. Who who is this guy? Well, let's explore. Who is this guy coming up right now? Demi, we love you too. Thank you for being here. Look at this beautiful comment. All right, let's explore the next picture. Who is this guy? You ask. Ah, this is a beautiful picture. It's a bit small, but you can see it. So this is myself, as you recognize, and the gentleman, his name is John Burgos. He is the host of Beyond the Ordinary, which is a wonderful online series, and I had the joy of being a guest multiple times, and I'll be back again in March. Uh, many of you may know Beyond the Ordinary series, and John just happened to be in the audience on Saturday uh, came to talk to me, surprised completely, said that he was there during the panel on Saturday, during the ET origin panel, and he gave me the most beautiful compliment. John said that I truly brought the panel together, and it was really wonderful to meet with them because I work with them online. I see him on Zoom when I speak to his audience, and then we do part of the summit with his show beyond the ordinary he has multiple guests and one of them and to see john in person it was such a treat this is what i'm talking about is you never know who you're going to meet and that was a, a beautiful moment of joy it was the first time that we got to see each other in person and i'm going to see john in march when uh, my next run of interviews on beyond the ordinary so that was it was that moment uh, thank you for picking that picture. So, yeah. Yes, it is true, Rodney. I once told you that you can affect 10,000 souls, and you still can. So it is absolutely right on. All right. What next picture are you going to select? I'm excited. Because I want to share with everybody. Huh? All righty. Oh, that's a beautiful picture, too. If you can just bring it a little bit closer, that would be lovely. And it was also after the opening ceremony. Some of you recognize this, oh, the Stargate there. Um, the lady with the beautiful golden scarf, her name is uh, Shima. She's part of the co-founders co of Conscious Life Expo. And you see me with my black and red jacket in honor of the Dragon New Year. And the gentleman in the middle, his name is Asil, Radi uh, Elohim. So we were the three of us on stage 
doing the activation right at the opening ceremony. And it was a really powerful moment where so many people felt the synergy, felt the energy coming through. And we really set the tone, what well, leaves a vibrational tone uh, to help to keep everything in the highest frequency possible and to really help to elevate the frequency so that people can have a very um, empowering time and be able to learn and only extract what they need the most. So, What's that thing on the table again? This is a structure. It's called a Stargate. It's part of the Stargate network with Pragit and Julian. So it's a replica of this Stargate um, structure that Shima brought with her so we can have it next to us when we were doing the activation. So oh, okay. it's, it's a structure. Yes, yeah, called the Stargate. It was a really a pleasure to to be part of the opening ceremony this year. It was my first time. I really enjoyed it. You have a picture, um, maybe the one with uh, Peter at a boot with Jimmy, if you would. Jeff, my friend. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to say again, thank you for being here. Leslie, your first time. Welcome from Canada. That's awesome. And thank you for being here. All right, next picture, everyone. Ah, you may recognize uh, that's my Peter, my husband, and with Jimmy Church, who is uh, the famous host from Fade to Black. In fact, Fade to Black has a tour coming up this year, and uh, Jimmy and his crew are coming to Scottsdale, Arizona for a wonderful Fade to Black live event. I am one of the speakers. Uh, are with Nick Pope and uh, uh, and other beautiful speakers talking about you know the, the, the 1997 uh, sighting and the UFO Phoenix sighting. Nick Pope will talk about probably his experience. I will be presenting with my delegation, and so it's going to be wonderful. But right now, <laughs> Jimmy stopped by the booth, and he just love what Peter creates. I is really powerful pendant and every time we come across jimmy he always come say hello shake peter's hand they have a good time as you can see there was a lot of energy you can see the nubian pyramid a copper copper pyramid in the background with all the tensor ring around uh the, uh the pyramid to accelerate the energy magnify we were like broadcasting frequencies of light throughout the entire weekend just from our boot alone so that was really fun to um, to see uh, Jimmy Church from Fade to Black to come and spend a moment with Peter. And what you are pointing at, there's also there was a, uh, a rose quartz ball in the middle of a copper merkaba. The merkaba is all handmade. Peter makes all of his tool himself. So there was this copper merkaba with the rose quartz, <coughs> right? Um, right in the middle, and you can see all the rings or tensor field or tensor ring around uh, the top of the Nubian pyramid, which when you sit inside becomes an interdimensional chamber and amplify, magnify the positive spiral of energetic transmission into the body and into the person's field. We had so many people sitting in our uh, copper pyramid all weekend long to rejuvenate, balance, ground, 
clear themselves and feeling more refreshed so they can enjoy the conference on a whole different level. So we bring the Copper Pyramid pretty much everywhere we go, and we're going to bring it again at Contact in the Desert. So definitely uh, come see us at our booth if you're going to be there. So that was a really fun moment. You can see my husband giggling, and Jimmy goes, look at this tool. I can feel it. He was very into it. So that was a really beautiful moment. So as you can see, that's part of the reason why we do these events. It's helping people. It's guiding them. It's just giving them a moment of reprieve where they can sit with us or enjoy these powerful, organic, natural tool, very highly conductive to refresh. And believe me, when you come across thousands of people in one conference, you need that time of grounding, rejuvenation, balance. And this is part of what we do, what we offer. So thank you for showing that picture. That was quite amazing. Um, Jeff, thank you for that. Uh, wait a minute. Let's go to this one. Okay. Yeah, we have another one. I shared with Jeff a few pictures that I took, even though I was super busy at the conference, but it's always fun to bring. Hello, Nathalie. Bonjour. Thank you for joining us. Paul, good to see you. Polly, I'm glad that you're here as well. <clears throat> Already. Oh, you're going to love this one. All right. So that's, that's the entrance to our booth. As you can see, this is um, one of my official banner. That picture of my Octarian avatar self is a depiction uh, created by an artist in Germany. And this beautiful artist commune, and I gave her permission to connect with my Octarian self. And I told her, I said, create a much faithful depiction as you can, according to your capacity to see us. And she created this image. It's very vibrant. It's very inviting. And it's that was right at the entrance of our boot and behind you can see a much more, a better angle of our Nubian copper pyramid that we utilize a lot in conferences, gathering, retreats to help people heal, receive the energy, and to be able to feel, um, you know, very powerful. So the copper pyramid is very different from the Stargate. It's two completely different structures. Uh, Peter, my husband, makes all of them. He's very precise with the angles. He receives a lot of our archangel and angelic codes transmission. And the way he creates, he really, really precise how he manifests and create the tensor field that amplifies the quality of the Nubian copper pyramid. So it really is amazing. And you can feel it. I'm going to invite you for a moment just to feel imagine yourself can you visualize yourself inside of the pyramid you're imagine this you're sitting right now on the chair right in the center of the nubian pyramid with the copper merkaba with the rose quartz you have a series of tensor field creating a beautiful spiral of light transmission 
and the pyramid itself through its angle is designed to amplify that transmission. Can you already feel that? Can you also receive the energy? Can you feel that, Jeff? Yeah, I got, I got a question. How can we call it Nubian? Why not just a pyramid? Because it's a great question. It is a Nubian because it is based literally on the Nubian pyramid in Egypt. It is a replica of the same synergy or the same vibration of a Nubian. It has different purpose versus a versus those who utilize copper pyramids. You know what I speak of. You have yeah, the Nubians. It's, it's, have, it's a little bit more elongated. Yes. Yes. Wider. Yes, it is much taller. It's about seven feet tall. It's just about four or five feet wide. The Nubian is much more condensed. It's like laser precise. That's why I love to use them in conference because it's super precise. And it's really facilitate a short level of transmission. It's very effective. It works really great with your third eye. It works with your field on a much more effective level. The Giza, it's beautiful. It's more heart center. It offer a complete different experience. I have I have the Giza at home in my eating um, room, but in conference we use the Nubian. It's very precise chamber. It's really wonderful. Yeah, and I love um, I love the beautiful Arcturan image too. It brings so much of our luminosity, our essence, our presence so much. And so many people have been drawn to my banner all weekend long. Again. It's a way to connect with you. It's a way to, you know, uh, establish that nonverbal, more energetic uh, connection, invitation. Very powerful. So imagining the powerful presence of the Arcturian plus the energetic tool that Peter works with the angelic realm, the presence of the archangels. It, it is quite a combination. So thank you, Nelly. What's really beautiful, powerful message language here of the Arcturians as the symbols or what? Because I know that they don't have a writing language. Well, but it is my understanding, Jeff, that any advance or any intergalactic um, civilization has a language of their own. They do yeah. have the form, as we know. So there are some symbols there too. There also it's, think of it as the more light codes activations that in the, you know that comes from our our delegation so it's more in that sense more like codes activation that is depicted around in the golden arch of the picture as opposed to my logo behind me this is direct you know more light language mm -hmm. um, so it's a different form of communication for sure yeah i think that this is a really good representation of an arcturian versus the, the blue skin typical you know i think that one is pretty close to the mark well uh, thank you for uh, pointing out um there's some some aspect that will need to be retouched like the eyes or things like that it's it's more of a human interpretation well i would say overall uh the picture looks a little bit darker than it is in person so it has more of a beautiful um translucent very bright energy that has we can what we do is that we utilize the blue light frequency as a you that we transmit uh, into our light body like an emanation but in terms of proportion or presence i would say it's a very um, one of the closest i've seen compared to yeah. all the things i've seen online 
and people, Octurns, we don't have elvish years. We're not the galactic elvins. I know some people at conference were talking about the Octurns as purple with elvish years. And I'm like, oh my goodness, we're not the galactic elvins. They're beautiful beings, but we're a different race. We're not the elves. <laughs> we don't have pointed ears like Lord of the Rings and the elves. But you look at the energy, look at the presence behind it. Um, yes. Oh, thank you for saying that. Um, that Peter's aura is out of this world, very radiant and pure. Thank you so much. Um, so in my original Octarian form, I'm just about, I would say between between 12 and 15 feet tall, I would say more, yeah, at least, at least about that range. We are very tall beings, very beautiful, tall and lanky. When father comes, you know, you can tell I kind of prick my head, my neck all the way up because they're very tall. In fact, they come in the ceiling. It's just enough for them to come in. It's ethereal anyway. It's pure energy, but we're very tall beings. Yeah, when I, when I seen your dad and your team, they pretty much swayed instead of walking like what we do. They just like, what? You just like glide. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's yeah. Gliding, it's a good way to say it. It's the same thing in the ship because we're so much more lighter. Yeah, at least. We're so much lighter that we don't walk here. Here, it's this thing. You can feel your spine and the hips and the movement and the muscles. There's a, there's a relationship to the gravity of the earth and the way, you know, the human body walks. And it's it takes a lot of energy. But for us, it will feel more like we're gliding because technically we're more ethereal than mm -hmm. physical. Well, at least to you, it would seem that way. That's because we vibrate at such a high frequency. And so our body is on a whole different level. Ah, it brings me home. That nourishment ah. my soul. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, everyone. We love you too. Thank you for being here. Daddy, Maggie, thank you for being here. Beautiful comments here by Cosmic Alchemists that you got to, to meet us conferences and to feel that even Peter's aura is out of this world. Thank you so much because he's a very humble gentleman. Um, and Yet he has this presence, this magnificence about him. Um, and yes, eventually our goal is to, the team will be able to make themselves more visible. Oh, that's a beautiful picture. Bear with us. That's Peter and I. And that's my, when I said my husband, Peter, this is him. Uh, Jeff is my really dear friend and co-host. And Peter is my husband. So sometimes uh, Jeff, people think that you're my husband. Oh, so. there's no way. I There's no way. There's no, absolutely no way. Well, thank you. This is so great, everyone. The Infinite Star Connections will tell you things the way they are. <laughs> no, you would not like the way I live. <laughs> well, Peter is my husband, so we're all set. Perfect. So that, that's a beautiful, well, we understand each other, and we still love each other in a different way. It's perfect. It's great friendship. Um you better say yes on that one, though, for friendship. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. I definitely don't want to get your dad mad at me. That's for sure. 
Oh, yes, yes. Well, you know, when my father, my and father comes, he has such a presence about him. I love this picture of Peter and I that was taking right at our boot behind Peter's banner. And we don't get to have that many pictures of us because we're so busy being of service to others. We're here to really support everybody and each other. <laughs> and I think that it's a really beautiful um, capture of our presence together, him and I. And um, I think that was taken on Friday because I had my jacket from the opening ceremony. But that's that's an awesome jacket. Thank you. Thank you. That was purchased on the Pyramid Collections, everyone. So ladies who are looking out, watching right now, the pyramidcollections.com. It's a great site, very original. Yeah, here we go. So thank you for showing this picture. I want to share some picture about what took place so you can feel the energy. We want to share with you, but we are very generous with our sharing. And this is something that is unique also to us. Uh, thank you for the pictures. You are very welcome. <laughs> Savi, she goes like, why? No way. She is a beautiful being. Well, thank you, Savi. A beautiful couple. Thank you for... Uh, of the compliment and yes beautiful is also part of who you are there was one more picture when i was on the podium podium of my workshop if you would my dear friend i do not have that one yes i did send it to you but it's quite all right no worries hang on let me check let me check yes one one thing also i want to uh observe in terms of the shifting in the in the dark polarity field is that Friday the energy was very high. We reached a peak of light, and on Saturday we were uh, hit pretty hard. So I want to bring back a little bit of background. Many of you knows or may remember that last year, in September, which is not that far uh, ago, that I was in Egypt with with my husband and the Stargate Network. And there's a lot of activation has been done in Egypt to many sacred sites, including the Sphinx, and the reactivation of the Guardians, and also the, the original library. So what happened is that during my workshop on Saturday, everything was going very, very well until we reached Egypt. And then we got hit by a really um, disruptive energies of anger, and from the dark light polarity so we got hit really really hard to the point that my egyptian ring that i had on my finger broke was damaged there's a portion of the ring was ripped off of it right on my finger when i was wearing it so and you would say well what is the meaning of this it's just to show all of us that what we do all the frequency the healing the the implementation of light and everything that we do makes such a huge impact that what we co-create in Egypt multiple months ago, we still feel the ripple effect to this day. That's just uh, just an analogy. So this is picture was taken by Laura, one of our members of our Universal Octurian online community on Patreon. Laura was there with her son, Sam. And she was taking pictures for me, which I'm very grateful to you, Laura, again. And this picture was taken right at the beginning of my workshop 
called the Arcturian Journey to Sacred Sites. And we talk about Clastonbury, Stone Edge, we talk about Avebury and the Circle of Stones. We showed so many pictures, everything was moving really well. Costa Rica, the energy of the blue zone. And when we arrive in Egypt and I start to talk about the decoding of certain sites where on the walls, my galactic memory start to get reactivated and I could read literally decode what was depicting and there was one wall in particular where you can see clearly intergalactic groups debating the fate of humanity and one group wants want to enslave human beings and the other group was saying no we're going to educate them we're going to teach them we're going to show them the pathway to their enlightenment and you can tell it's all written on that wall and somebody took a video of me talking about it as I was in, in that trance of memories coming back to me. Ironically, during this workshop, as I was talking about this, this is where there's a big wave that hit us in the room. My ring got broken right on my finger. It's damaged. I'm not able to wear it anymore until it's repaired. And what I got, I can hear being coming to me and says, we're still angry with you for what you've done in Egypt because we're stirred apart. We changed the paradigm. We move mountains together. We create so much powerful catalyst of changes. And when we were talking about this during the workshop, it came and it hit us very, very hard. And, and that was for me a validation of what we do truly matters. So that comes back to the original question you asked me originally, uh, Jeff, when you said, well, how long does it last? Mm -hmm. it, it's endless. The ripple effect are endless. So yes, and Mary, you were there too. That's incredible. So this was a beautiful picture right there at the beginning. I had a beautiful room. So many amazing people came <laughs> uh, to the workshop. I was so honored to be there. But it shows that we are still oscillating between a pendulum swing is still really predominant. Uh, we can feel all of it. Do um, you get any any feedback from your Ponty group about the changes? Or do you feel like this pendulum swing movement going on right now or anything you would like to share, Jeff? Um, well, this actually this, this past week, um, the the Ponty have been really super active in my house. I mean, when I say active, <clears throat> I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I can see wisps and columns of wisps now more and more. And uh, it was, I think it was um, Friday night. Um, I'm watching TV, no big thing. And, uh, you know, out of the corner of my eye, you can always you can always see stuff out of the corner of your eye because you can see in an other dimension from your whites of your eye. Okay, no big thing. <clears throat> but um, uh, I thought I saw Tilkum, so then I looked and I focused on him, and there he was again. We we're just like you know walking, and we walked through the uh, couch and walked right in front of the TV. <clears throat> And I'm looking at the TV, and I, and I can see the distortion when he was walked through. So I know he was there. I'm like, dude, don't stand in front of the TV. I don't care where you're at, but don't block my TV. 
you know, so, but um, we actually, um, yeah, we, uh, we had some stuff happen uh, last, last night. So um, we're trying to figure that out right, right now. So, but. Oh, yeah. well, I'm glad you're saying that because there's a message. Oh, there's a question for you that I think it's tied up with all of this, what you just shared, Jeff. David, our dear friend David, that we both know, says, I wonder if you, if you have recently realized or received a further message given to you since you were healed or any form of download unfolding since you recovered so well and you, you were healed. Um, the only thing I could say that I'm more calmer as far as explaining myself and um, understanding the acceptance of value of what you perceive is is a lot more clearer. And um, I don't I don't uh, I don't rush to judge right away. I always look at everything with discernment and um take it in stride but uh it's it actually slowed me down a little bit you know so i think that's that's the answer that he's looking for yeah absolutely and i think it's going to be an ongoing process for you i think it's just, just the beginning talking about slowing down maybe a, a growing sense of introspective observation internal changes and i think this is just the beginning yeah. it was the next were calm perfect exactly yeah. exactly my point yes oh yeah thank you david i'll show that for everybody clarity through calm and that's going to be very important for all of us clarity to come yes and absolutely do you do you have any more project with the ponty in terms of either another coloring books or anything like that, because there's someone mentioning the Ponty coloring books, that so they are amazing. Uh, love the energy there. Is there anything that they may have shared with you or a glimpse of something that you may want to do with them or bring? Uh, what what Sarah keeps, and I, I don't know why, but um, uh, Sarah seems to be my liaison now, more and more. Uh, it is a lot less Tilcom, a lot less Rudy, but more Sarah, and she's been explaining a lot of earthbound um, opinions. Uh, that that's what they want for the most part is just uh, they want that second uh, paper done. I'm like, yeah, I just gotta, I just gotta put it together. Got all the stuff written down. I just have to organize it in the flow of how I want it to um, for the people to see. And but she's she's still working me with with, with 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 all that, so it it shouldn't take much longer. I just have to get to it. I just this Umo stuff is is this Umo stuff has got me to the wall uh, because uh, there is some there seems to be some sort of haste to get this done for a reason. I have no idea, but but you know, it's just like when your dad, you know, when Umo wants something done, man, you know, they are relentless, you know got to get it done got to get it done it's like i'm working for somebody else what the you know geez i'll get it but, you know when i get going it's like you know four or five hours pass like that and you, you just get into this 
this consciousness. You know, maybe that's what it could be too. Uh, when you guys uh, uh, have these um, Conscious Life Expo, do you guys talk about shared consciousness? Well, there's a lot of topic that is called. So shared consciousness, depending on what it means to you, there's a lot of different topics that is brought from different perspective. So if you sit in a room and you're listening to a panel or a lecture, for example, where you are sharing a shared consciousness with those you are sitting with. And I'll tell you, I saw something when during the workshop on Saturday, the Octrain Journey to Sacred Sight, there was one of the slides I shared where we were inside of Merlin Cave in Tentangel Castle in England. So we went down onto the beach and we enter, this was a group of us, entering Merlin Cave. And when this slide or this picture came on the screen talking about the archetype, of Merlin and what Merlin represent and how we were able to commune with this aspect of Merlin where we were inside of the cave, that created a different, I would say, shared consciousness or shared experience in the room. This is where we really came more as a unified field. This is where people were really coming together. And what we did is we did an activation to bring in the archetype of Merlin and to recalibrate the sacred aspect of the divine masculine and sacred knowledge to come back through. And I will feel that that will be an experience or I mean an example of a shared field of consciousness that we were all together. That really brought everybody together. It can be also the opposite, where sometimes I hear people talking or giving different lectures or projecting different energy, and it doesn't create a unified field or a shared. It creates more um, fragmentation or doubts or scarcity or you know different type of movement. And that was a good way to bring an example of what I witnessed into a shared or what it's fragmented. Mm -hmm. And you will see that it depends on who creates what, for what purpose, what intention was behind it, what is the frequencies. And of course, there's a way to, as a presenter, to bring a group, even though everybody has different state of awareness, presence, filters, um, interpretation, all of it, you can still bring your group into a more unified way. We always do that with any presentation we do. <laughs> so what does it mean to you, shared consciousness? What does it mean to you? Well, that's that's what I call it. I don't exactly know what it is. Um, that's the closest that I can come to is that when I'm working as an example, and I'm working with the Ponte. I mean, they're all around. They're walking around. And there is no shared consciousness with them. They just send me images a lot of stuff when they want to communicate. They don't talk or anything like that. They just show me images. So then I have to interpret those, which is, I, I got pretty pretty used to doing that. And I and I kind of know what, what, what they're talking about. But with the Umo, it's a little different. Um. The closest I can describe it is I, I, I get into a mental zone where, <clears throat> you know, when, when I start reading this stuff, 
at the beginning, it really doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like, you know, God, what the hell are you talking about? But then after a short time, it's like, I get it. And then if I have a question, like, what does he mean by that? Then there would be like an answer that would come. And then I would, then I would, I would, I would translate it. Then. But, um, but I, but they don't walk around like the Pinty do. They're just like, they're in like a certain pocket and they would, they would go around the room. Sometimes there's a yellow light. There's a, a lot of times there's a, a, a yellow light, but um, I would just, uh, I would just would think that that would be is how they would share consciousness or not maybe even consciousness, but some sort of knowledge bubble or something like that some sort of connection with them and, and i know that they're they're probably someplace else on the earth but um but that's that's the closest i don't think maybe a shared conscious is kind of a too broad of a term you know not knowing exactly what it's called well i think you're up to something really good here because when they communicate with you you're becoming more into symbiotic i would say a shared field of communication where their thoughts or their intention is conveyed to you, you receive them clearly and then you interpret them through the symbology. You will interpret them either in through of recognition, thought, sensation, emotion, or verbal communication. But they're definitely in that symbiotic. We call that holography telepathic field where we convey an aspect of our essence with each other and it's so much more effective because everything is conveyed exactly as it is. There's no filtering system through, you know, language and, and interpretation or, or linguistic misunderstanding and all of it. You can really feel that what is conveyed, it's like a speed of thoughts and it's mm -hmm. very effective. So I would say that you're experiencing something similar, but it's very unique between a con the connection and the symbiotic connection between you and your group. So it will be, it can be considered as an umbrella of a term, a shared consciousness when you are exchanging thought forms, intention, vibrational transmission. So it's the same thing when you're sitting in a, in a room, like at a lecture, I did a lecture at a cultural type expo on Sunday and the room was so packed, but they gave me a smaller room. But the room was overcrowded and people were still want to come in. But I knew that at that moment, when we start to share and we're talking about, you know, how the human template is evolving into a higher frequency and the transmission that we did, it was a form of sharing an aspect of our essence, our knowledge, as we're transmitting into everyone's consciousness in the room. But we have to bring the room into more a more unified field because if you sit in front of let's say 50 people let's just say and everybody has a different level some people are you know mentally preoccupied there's nervousness stress they're overloaded because the conference is so much or some of them are really open others are more fearful if you start a transmission that way the level of receptivity will defer to each people some energy will be bounced off and others will be coming through their field depending on what they need. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I asked Sarah, I said, you know, why are you guys coming to me? You know, 
she said that they they do this all the time to everybody, but most people don't acknowledge it, don't accept it, and they just blow it off. Well, she didn't say blow it off, but you know what I'm saying? That that they just they ignore it and they just go on with their lives. She said, but you're different. I said, oh, great. Just what I need, you know. But <laughs> Yes, that's a compliment. I mean, it's cool, but it's it's it, it can be a pain in the ass, too. You know, where I don't want the, you know, it's just like, you know, they're everywhere. I mean, even if I go to the store, it's like, oh, my God, you guys, you know, now I know why people say, oh, that person's crazy because because I am that 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 type, you know, I, I could I could perceive them. And once they know that you can do that, they come to you all the time. Well, but Jeff realized that you're one of them. Yeah. Of course, you can see them and communicate with them. They will be with you. They are assigned with you to your earth mission. So that's implied in your case. I mean, that's the first thing that your group told me when we first met many years ago. Please understand this one of us. Yeah, I said, I respect that. So, of course, they will be with you. It's, I personally well, yeah, love I it. You know, and they actually, they're okay. It's just that, you know, <laughs> they just got to stand in front of the TV and like, you know, you're, guys, you're blocking the hockey game. Move, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's well, see. That's why you and I were so much a good balance because my group just stay with me. And you know, they, stay at the ceiling or stay up at the top. Don't stand in front of me. I don't care, you know. Well, but they're very curious. They want to inquisit the energy. They want to understand what is this, you know, square thing that you watch so much? What what, yeah. what is that thing? What does it feel? Why is that thing blinking so fast? And you can't see that. Well, let's let's bring one more thing. Uh, today has been amazing. It went at the speed of a thought. You know, we we've been talking about the Council of Expo, showing pictures, experiences. We're, We've been exploring consciousness. We've been exploring a multitude of topics. There's one more question, and I would be curious to see what your group and you, Jeff, have to say. Who do you think the angels are, according to you? Angels? Yes, angels. I don't, I don't believe in angels. I believe in um, different types of energy beings if that's what you call an angel that's fine but i do know that um an energy will present itself to you and become a form that you are accustomed to seeing you know so if somebody says i've seen an angel well it's probably an energy force coming <clears throat> that to you they perceive as an angel so that you're not afraid or more or less, you know. So, but there are different types of energies all around. Mm -hmm. So you could say that there's different angels all around. Yes. I hope that answers the question. Thank but you. The question meant an, an angel like in the Bible. Well, that's not how I see them. You know, I have not seen an angel with wings floating above with a gown, blowing a horn. I haven't seen nothing like that. Mm -hmm. No, they're they're beautiful. Um, 
they're part of creation like we are, which is a different frequency, a different presence, a different, they're magnificent. I love them. And it's just, think of it as another layer of creation that communicate with us. But I know there's a lot of perception on this planet based on cultural background and, and programming and all of it. But when you invite any form of higher consciousness, remember it's an invitation of the heart. It's an invitation to higher consciousness communicates with higher consciousness. It's I mean, light you, communicating with light. I mean, you 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 could say that a a Ponte is an angel. You know, it just your perception of what an angel is. All I know is that there's energies all around, floating. I guess you could say, for lack of a better term, but they're always in our emotion. Well, just if you can pick up on it, then you can see it. I see what your point, though. I see your point. I will simply add to this that there's a distinction between intergalactic beings and angel, but at the same time, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, it's hard to explain. It's just a matter of next level of evolution, like purpose, you know, every level. Because I see personally angelic beings everywhere. Every time we have um, any intergalactic council or meeting, there's always a presence, an omnipresence of another level of creation that is present, whether you call them angelic beings, we have other ways to see them, but it's, mm -hmm. there is this omnipresence and it's, it's magnificent and we welcome them just like we welcome you. So we want to th thank you so much for tuning in, whether you are an angelic being, a star seed, an earth human and galactic elven and galactic elements, you know, whoever you are, you know, we all part of the creation. We all part of the same beautiful creator substance. And we're coming back together more and more into a higher understanding and rediscovering of who we are. Thank you for being who you. Yes, all is light. We are all made of the light, light. All is energy, correct. All is energy, all is light. We'll see you back on Sunday, March 3rd. 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we'll be back here. Actually, my correction, on Sunday, March 3rd, it will be 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Mountain Time and Noon Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We're just going to be an hour earlier on Sunday, March 3rd. We have a wonderful guest come in. You'll see. We'll make all the announcements. Thank you for taking the journey. Stay in your light, everyone. And we love the galactic fairies. We love the consciousness of planet stars. And stay in your light. No fear, just in your light. And we continue to grow, expand, and explore with a touch of laughter, thanks to Jeff. So thank you, my friend. <laughs> You're amazing. Much love to you. And we will see you on the 3rd of March at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Namaste, everyone.